sex talk. Derek Miley, cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No, sex talk with Derek Miley. Hello, folks. Welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. I'm Erica Miley, and I have a wonderful, wonderful guest with me. I'm a, I'm a little, um, um, I'm a little shell shocked. Shell shocked? No, come on, words. See, hadn't have not had enough coffee today, Lori. I have Dr. Lori Mintz with me. Teaches human sexuality at the University of Florida, so here in my backyard, has a private practice and has written two wonderful books. Oh, you need to go buy them today. Uh, Tired Woman's Guide to Passionate Sex and today's topic, Clitorate. Welcome, Lori. Thanks for having me on. I'm just so stoked that you're here and I'm going to share this episode with all of my colleagues because um, they suggested you and your book and I was like, okay, let's do this thing. <laughs> and we're going to just jump right in because... There's so much to talk about with your book, and I, I've been listening to the Audible version of it, so those of you who prefer audio options, that is available as well. You just straight out start with the cultural barrier of the belief around what, how women experience sex and pleasure. So what are some of the barriers for women to get to have pleasurable sex? <laughs> Well, there are so many barriers. And I think the first thing we have to talk about is what do you mean by sex? Because that's a real cultural problem that we equate sex and intercourse as if they're one and the same. And the problem with that and the problem with our entire culture is this and every movie and, you know, mainstream porn, what have you, that this idea, this image that women orgasm from intercourse alone I call it the number one lie about getting laid. And the bottom line is, I'll just stay from the outset, the vast majority, overwhelming majority of women do not orgasm from intercourse, need clitoral stimulation, hence the title of the book, Becoming Clitorate, and that our whole culture is centered around the act that brings people with penises or men, um, you know, orgasm and not um, what brings women orgasm. And that's the bottom line. Absolutely. I, can I get a shirt that has that on there, Lori? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and all of the, like, I mean, I, as you do, I spend a lot of time reading sexuality books, reading research, and all of the things that we read point to exactly what you're talking about. I mean, Dr. Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, talks a lot about like the, how much context matters for female-bodied people <laughs> and that it cannot be just penetrative sex. It, it's not physically really the best option for us. So tell me about like some of these cultural barriers that you, you see. Like I know we've talked porn, obviously, but in, in the general media that people see every day, like <laughs> what are some of the large cul culprits you would think? So I think that this, first of all, I think the biggest one is these images of women orgasming from penetration alone. You know, in most of the movies you see, there's very little fooling around. The man puts his penis in the woman's vagina and she's instantly having an orgasm and screaming with joy. And, you know, so given those images are all around us and, and all these media articles, how to give a woman an orgasm during sex that don't even mention the clitoris and couple that with our absence of sex ed in our country where 
they don't talk about the clitoris, they don't talk about pleasure, what you end up with is a lot of women thinking, what is wrong with me? Not only he stuck his penis in me, and not only did I not have an orgasm, it was painful. Well, of course, and we can get into the physiology, but without sufficient arousal, it's going to be painful. And again, very few women are going to orgasm from penetration alone. But so many women think something's wrong with them when they don't. Or they're even told from the time they're young, it's supposed to hurt. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right. Like what, right. what, what, hold on. <laughs> right. And if you're expecting pain, you're not going to think, oh, I'm entitled to pleasure. And there's lots of other messages in our culture, you know, that young women get like, if it's good for him, it's good for me. It's all about his pleasure. The idea of how we look is more important than how we feel. So we're thinking, does he like how I look or something like that, or slut shaming. You know, it's very hard to enjoy sex when you're, you know, thinking, is this a good thing to do? Or, you know, the pressure to have casual sex if you don't want to, or be, you know, that's the opposite of, you know, being, you know, slut shamed. So there's so many mixed messages that women get about their sexuality and their pleasure and how to achieve sexual pleasure and if it's even important for them. To achieve sexual pleasure. I've had clients, especially even with some of my couples, where the female partner will say, oh, I'm just happy to have the connection. It always strikes me because I'm like, you can have both things. You, you can have them both. That, that's possible. Right. And I've heard that a lot, you know, for women, it's orgasms, not that important. And I think, well, there's some, maybe something going on there. So few women are having them. It's kind of easier to say, well, it doesn't matter. And again, I'm not suggesting that everybody have to orgasm every time they have a sexual encounter because the pressure to orgasm can take away from that. But when we've got a situation where when women and men have sex together, cisgendered women and men, people with penises who identify as a man, people with vulvas who identify as a woman, the men are having way fewer orgasms than the women are. I mean, and I can give you some stats on it. Um, my, you know, one study, 91% of men versus 39% of women. I mean, we could go on and on with these stats and people say, oh, it's because women's orgasms are difficult or elusive. But the fact of the matter is when women have sexual encounters with other women, they're not having problems with an orgasm. And when they masturbate, they're not having problems with an orgasm. So what does that tell us? This is not a biological issue. It is a cultural problem that is rearing its ugly head when in heterosexual sexual encounters. Absolutely. I was actually just reading before you and I started talking an article in Psych Today about how marital dissatisfaction is can be linked to dissatisfaction in sex for women. And that makes sense that when everyone is having a good time and everyone is getting to have pleasure that the relationship satisfaction increases. So I know you teach for the University of Florida. What have you told your students, especially about the physiology that that really kind of helped them understand that, oh, okay, this is attainable for me and it is attainable for me with a partner? 
Yes, great question. And I also cover the physiology in the book. But the bottom line is most of the nerve endings that a woman needs, and I'm using the word women very broadly, people with vulvas, um, need to orgasm are on the outside, not the inside. On their, their clitoris, their external portion of their clitoris, the vulva, the inner lips, that's where the nerve endings are. And there are very few, those who are the touch sensitive nerve endings are, there's very few touch sensitive nerve endings inside the vagina. There's pressure sensitive nerve endings. But the bottom line is that the vagina is not woman's most essential route to orgasm. It, there's very few nerve endings there. And that the vast majority of women need clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm. When women masturbate, 99% stimulate themselves externally, sometimes alone, sometimes coupled with penetration. Yet then with male partners, they expect themselves to come just through penetration. And that's not how the vast majority of women orgasm. We could get into where the clitoris is internal and all that, but the bottom line for me is that women orgasm most reliably through clitoral stimulation, external stimulation, either alone or coupled with penetration. And that is the route to orgasm that get the same stimulation you get alone when with a partner and very few women do that. Quick break from the action, folks. <laughs> action. <laughs> I just want to tell you about my Patreon. Every week, I bring you guests and, seriously, lots of sex nerdery. <laughs> Help me keep doing that by becoming a supporter. What do you get in return? Cool perks. For real. I am going to be doing shout-outs, stickers, a bunch of stuff. So check it out at ericamiley.com forward slash Patreon. That's E-R-I-K-A-M-I-L-E-Y dot com forward slash Patreon. I hope to see you and see more of you by becoming a Patreon. Thanks, guys. It blows me away that that it is, especially in the education system, that we can't bring up pleasure Oftentimes, many, many schools don't, they cannot, but more, some of them are actually completely kept from saying like, oh, sex can be pleasurable. And that when young people start to learn to masturbate, they learn how to pleasure themselves by, by touching and figuring out, oh, this is what my body likes. This is what, this is how this works. And then when you go to do this with a partner, it's like there's it's like there's a missing information piece, right? Like it's like there's, there's a, oh, I, if I do this thing, then I then I have an orgasm. No, that doesn't work like that. I saw some of the the you talked about some of the feedback you've gotten from your students who've taken your class. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I get a lot of feedback, so I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure you're laughing, so I'm not sure what it was that you're talking about. But a lot of I'll just dive in and say what I think you're referring to, there's a couple pieces of feedback I get. Usually people are shocked that this like middle-aged woman who's their parents' age is standing up there talking about sex 
And when I open with a class, I tell them that one of my qualifications is I've been having orgasms longer than they've been alive. And they get a little like shocked, but a lot of people tell me that I remind them of the sex therapist and mother and meet the Fockers because I have a pretty big nose and curly hair. So those are some of the things that I get. But the most meaningful one is I get letters and notes all the time that say, thanks to your class, I'm orgasmic. Or thanks to your class, my girlfriend's orgasmic. And that's why I wrote Becoming Cliterate because I wanted to spread the knowledge more broadly than those in my class. I'm giggling over here because you are actually spreading orgasms through in your classes. And I just love that. I think that it's fantastic. And you know what, if you're going to go to college, those are things you should absolutely learn while you're in college. Yeah. Skills for your whole life. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Skills for your whole life. Absolutely. (laughs) So when it comes to some of the physiological issues that you see for some women, what are some of the common problems? I know one of the things that you kind of talked about in the book about like if the clitoral head is small. Do you want to talk a little bit about what physiological problems sometimes do arise for women and maybe when they should seek maybe expert help from sex therapy or medical doctor? Yeah. Well, first of all, the size of your clitoris has nothing to do with how much pleasure it can get. And many times people think there's something wrong with them or they think their inner lips stick out too far from their outer lips or they have genital shame. So I really recommend people look at pictures of other women's genitals that are realistic. There's there's ones like the vulva gallery, I think it's called, or gy- and gynodiversity, and see that the what when women are in porn, they're chosen for small and petite inner lips, whereas most women are not built that way. So knowing that your vulva is fine the way it is, and then knowing what area of touch brings you pleasure, that every woman is different. Some like touch like right on their clitoral hood. Others, that's too intense, too painful. Some like it to the right of the clitoris, some to the left. And that really taking the time to figure out what you need. When to see a doctor or a therapist is, you've tried everything. You know, you've masturbated, you've used a vibrator, which I strongly recommend, and nothing's working. Then I'd say, you know, go see a sex therapist, go see a physician. But I will tell you that every woman who I've ever sent to a doctor to say, oh, why can't I orgasm? They've said, you're fine. It's usually a mental block or not getting the stimulation they need. Now, there are exceptions to that. And those few exceptions are if you have nerve damage that's damaged your clitoris, If you are on certain medications like antidepressants, those will make orgasm less likely. There's some diseases, disease processes, MS, arthritis, kidney problems that make orgasm less likely. Again, medications, antidepressants, some antihistamines because they dry you up all over. Some people have said that adhesions to the clitoris and clitoral hood are problematic. Others say they're not. But if you have anything like that, see a doctor. And there are women, and that's a whole other podcast of how to go around those issues, how to work with those issues. But the vast majority of women who are having problems with orgasm, it's because they're not getting the right type 
or stimulation for their bodies. The risk of going on too long. Can I share a metaphor with you that I love? Absolutely. Okay. So, and this isn't my metaphor. It is Cher Heights metaphor. And I love it. She says that if you pull and everybody who's listening, you can do this with me. Okay. So if you want your cheeks to move, right, there's two ways to do it. Take your fingers and move your cheek. I'm doing That's, it with her. You all do it, everybody. It's really, it works. Your cheek moves, right? Yes. Cheeks now, now pull your ears. Pulling ears. Pulling ears. Your cheeks move a little bit, don't they? But not that much. So the metaphor is that most women need direct clitoral stimulation. That's the cheek. You're moving it. Not indirect. Indirect is putting a penis in a vagina. It's going to pull at things enough to stimulate the clitoris a little bit, Mm. but not a lot. So if you really want to move your cheek, move your cheek. Don't try to do it by moving your ears. And I love that metaphor for women not orgasming during intercourse. I think that's absolutely a wonderful metaphor. And I encourage people, especially some of my couples, to try out some of these awesome, there are so many toys today. There are so, so many toys out there. There are wonderful vibrating cock rings that have, that will give that direct stimulation that some women are looking for and provide stimulation to your partner too. So there's, there's tons of options out there. Yeah. Yes. And I think there's like, I talk about two big options. You can take turns like oral sex or manual stimulation during which she orgasms followed by intercourse during which he does or vice versa. And You can take turns. And if you really want to orgasm during the same act of intercourse, then what you're talking about, it's fantastic. Get a cock ring with an attached clitoral vibrator or just use your vibrator or your hands on yourself during intercourse. But the one thing I also want to say is that there are some women who cannot orgasm with a penis in their vagina. They find it too distracting and that doesn't get talked about enough. That sometimes even, you know, using that cock ring or that vibrator or your hands during intercourse isn't going to work for some people. There's no shame in that. You know, take turns then. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Everyone, this is just a, a small dip in the pond. Go buy Dr. Lori Mintz's books today, 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 today. They are available everywhere. So how do people find you in the world? They can find me on my website, which is www.drlaurimintz.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-M-I-N-T-Z. And that website will link you to my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter. I'm also on Pinterest, but it's not linked. And you can get my books anywhere books or audiobooks or Kindles are sold. And I have a newsletter too, people can subscribe to on the website. So I'm pretty easy to find in the cyber world. <laughs> right. And I tell you, everyone go go jump on that website. It's very easy to track down these books. And I have like I said, I've been listening to it on Audible. No excuses if you're busy, you got to get it somehow. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thank you for being with us, and thank you, folks, for sticking around to the end. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five star review, let me know about it on any social media. 
and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.